And that's why I don't think this year deserves a do-over. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less. Here in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. Here in Greensboro, North Carolina, I am Dan Ray. Man, they said it couldn't be done. They did. They said that all year long. Or most but of here it. we are. Here we are. Here we are. Tail end. We definitely done did something. I mean, you know, strictly speaking, we are recording this New Year's Eve Eve. So something horrible could still happen in the next 48 hours. But yeah, you know, and I'm sure it will. <laughs> but stranger things have happened. Yeah. All year long. And, you know, we're like we've said it before. We're not we don't have any illusion that things are going to magically get better all of a sudden. Right. But um, at least for any sort of symbolic purposes, uh, this year will finally be put to rest. Yeah. Uh, how was your holiday? Been a minute. You know, it was good, quiet, obviously. Um, hunkered down and did did the thing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's nice. Nice you. We did a pretty low key Christmas with the uh, with the kids. Didn't do the big family get together on Christmas Eve like we normally do. Did end up doing some family stuff on Christmas Day and then Boxing Day. Uh, we do have English uh, relatives, so we did do a little bit of that. But, you know, pretty standard stuff. Love it. You know, I felt like we went pretty hard this uh, season with the holiday stuff. We did. You know, we we put out a bunch of content, some videos. I got really bored on a single day off and made a very obnoxious video that uh, got put all around. And uh, we did we did our contest, and our friend Braxton from El Scorcho won Won the drawing. Go Braxton. Love it. So he still needs to get in touch with us to uh, get his doodads ordered. So, but I just wanted to, you know, when, after that all gets sorted out, we'll make sure that he does a little video and that everybody gets to see all the good tidings and cheer that we were able to spread uh, this holiday season. So awesome. Awesome. Good. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. Yeah. I mean, and you know, so now it's time to be thinking new year and talking, talking about about the plans um new year new me well listen maybe that's a place to to start because you've had a bit of a self-care breakthrough in the last little bit here yeah so um if you uh if you follow me on any of my personal social media which you are more than welcome to do you can see my handle there at the bottom of the live stream i have uh you know it was time to do some real talk so in my situation, you know, this year notwithstanding, you know, business has been down, obviously, but things weren't really moving um, in any particular direction with the exception of the podcast. The podcast is definitely the thing that I've poured all of my effort into, but doing it between the podcast show itself and then YouTube and then Twitter and then Instagram and just being very fractured uh, with that whole process. And it started. In my personal life, it was starting to become more and more apparent that uh, my lack of focus was going to was causing trouble, causing problems. And so, uh, after having a you know a series of things that like should have happened that didn't happen because I straight up forgot them, um, I decided to uh, reach out to my GP uh, and do a. Screening for attention deficit disorder. And guess what? Shocking to no one. I got it. Mm. And I got it big time. Um, For those of you who have not gone through that or remotely curious about it, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I sent a message to the doctor said, hey, do you do these kinds of screenings or do I need to, you know, seek out a specialist? They're like, no, just make an appointment and uh, we'll take care of the rest. Uh, I did a, you know... They, they take a urine sample, you fill out a form, and then they basically grade you on whether you do or you don't. The, the uh, barrier of a diagnosis in the diagnostic that they were using is was a 45 out of 100, and I scored a whopping 79. Okay. That's conclusive. So- uh, And, and the, the form, it, is that is that um, behavioral questions or experiential questions or- it, Yeah, it's, it's, it's both. Uh-huh. And interestingly enough, it was all geared around, as a child, did you- Oh. Which was interesting because as I was going through this very comprehensive list of things that I have most certainly struggled with my entire life, mm. it became very obvious that uh, 
this has been a problem for a very long time. And also, I should have done something about this way earlier because it would have benefited me very, mm. very greatly. So the point is you got done with that form and you were like, yup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the doctor was like, yeah, yeah. for sure. All right. Well, good. so good. I don't know. Listen, I want to push back a little on should have done it earlier. I think that, I think it's the kind of thing you do it when you do it and you, it makes the difference it makes. And, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really glad that you, you took the step. I'm really, I'm, I'm proud yeah. of you. It's really, really good. And it was, it was a situation where I, they, I got a prescription for Adderall. Uh, I took it the first day and then I was like, oh, <laughs> so this is what people do. This is how, is this how your brain is supposed to function? I got so much done. Yeah. And it was like, it was, it was an immediate difference in, great. in my, my day-to-day life. That's great. And it, you know, it helped me be patient with my kids and it was helping me, uh, you know, go out of my way to make sure that my wife was taken care of. It was like, it was very big big things, things that I have definitely not always been great at. Mm. So good for you. That's great. Yeah, that's great. You know, there's, I'm a there's, fan. It's, I mean, obviously we can't even say this without pointing out the stupid stigma about these things that shouldn't be, but is. And, um, I, I heard a good analogy. Somebody's like, yeah, but if you get on those medications, you're on them for the rest of your life. It's like, okay, I wear gra- glasses. I'll wear glasses for the rest of my life. Like it's sure, you know, this is, this is a, a, a medical adaptation to a condition I have not, you know, some moral failing that I've got to bootstrap myself over or something. Well, yeah. Um, and that's, that's definitely what I struggled with was my own personal bias sure. towards these kinds of things. Sure. Um, my, both of my siblings were on these medications and, and for me, it felt like I was, you know, I needed to just handle it myself. I didn't need, you know, I didn't need help. Um, but you know, that's, that's a, that's a deficiency on my end. That was a weak part uh, of my internal psychology that uh, was preventing me from, you know, from getting actual help. Yeah. And like I said, it's, uh, it's great. And I know that <laughs> there, there was, I got so, I, I posted about that earlier today and got this entire just wave of people who were super, super supportive and it felt great. Uh, and I also got a lot of people who were like, kind of what you were saying, like, oh, you know, don't don't take this or, you know, know when to stop taking it. And, you know, what, what I was kind of surprised by was in order to even get the prescription, I had to fill out like a contract yeah. and I, you know, I submitted to, uh, having drug screenings every time I go in to get this refilled. Uh, you can only get it refilled 30 days at a time. Like it is a very stringent structured, you know, sure. deal. Sure. And, you know, joking around, I understand why people abuse Adderall because it, it definitely works. Mm. But for a person who absolutely, you know, can benefit from it, it has been a, uh, it's been a game changer. That's great. That's really so, great. Feeling good about it. It's really that. great. I'm really, I'm, I'm just super proud of you. It's really fantastic. And, you know, in, in back channels, I was getting a lot of DMs from people who were asking more specific things about how you go about, um, getting that screening and that kind of thing. So if you are curious about that, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM me on any of my social channels. You can email us, uh, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Be happy to, uh, give you any information if it will help you. So very good. Good stuff. Very good. Excellent. Let's see what else I've got a gig next week. What? Got a corporate gig that came up. We are doing uh, a trio event for a, you know, the, a, a private companies putting on an event or a, Actually, that may not be true. I think the event space is putting the event on, uh, but I was hired through our corporate booking people. So this will be our first uh, official show with our new MD who is taking over tracks and it will be um, running through Ableton. And I think we're going to try and get a rehearsal in uh, before that. But, uh, you know, things are moving and grooving. It's awesome. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Cool. New year, new anything else you got going new on? Stuff. Um, yeah. No, not really. Not really. Um, I'm probably gonna. I, I got my eye on some streaming opportunities again, but um, I have nothing else on the calendar right now. You know, we're we're um, having the chats about what it's going to look like when the band comes back, and um, uh, so plans are happening there. Nothing too concrete to talk about yet, but uh, um, 
I'm curious when things start picking back up, if, if there's going to be a bit of a fall off for people who were just like, I've taken the year off and I, I think I'm good. I anticipate there surely will be bands that just don't reform, don't kill, go on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it, it, it may not be that entire bands just fold, but I could definitely see certain, uh, musicians just kind of getting out of the game. Yeah. And I think that's perfectly fine. I feel yeah. like for some people, it's a developmental thing. I don't, have Have you watched Soul? Have you seen it yet? Just tonight. Oh, oh it definitely. God. The Pic- something- so Pixar movie, Soul, brand new, j- just out. Yeah. God, it's good. Oh. Yeah. I mean, but there was definitely the. I don't want to take give too much of it away, but there's definitely a musician component to the to the movie for sure. And if you're if you're remotely into jazz at all, uh, I think you would enjoy it. But it definitely, it, it stirred some questions in, in me and I'm sure a lot of other people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not dwell. Right. Right. No, I think once, once more people have seen that, we can have a whole conversation. There's a decision that happens for the main character late in that film. That's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like I've been, I've been there. I, I've, I've, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the with the abrupt kind of like pause for a lot of uh a lot of the people who who are accustomed to playing, I'm sure that there were plenty of weekends where they were like, "Hey, this is kind of nice." Yeah. Not being so busy. Yeah. And I mean, it know, has been for me. A- There've been times where I've been like, you know, right about now I'd be pulling up and loading all my junk out of the car and you know, it would be 2 hours before I'd start the joy of playing, you know, yeah. that's just the grind of setting up what's what I'd be dealing with now. And frankly, I, I'm happy to be on my recliner instead. I had yeah, those nights. Well, also I think around rituals and stuff, I, you know, I made a decision earlier in the year that I don't think alcohol and live performing are necessarily congruous for me hmm. for, for most situations. And I don't see that changing, you know, in the near future, but, uh, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to be approaching this entire uh, operation and their businesses a bit differently as, uh, as things begin to open up. Certainly. Certainly. Well, other than that, Miss Lincoln. Yeah. Well, let's, 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 so let's talk about the year then. Let's talk about the, the recap. You want to talk about our year? Yeah. Where we've been at, what we've been, what we've been up to. Somehow we've managed to, um, in spite of there being literally nothing to talk about for almost the whole year, we have put out a episode every week. We actually have done every that. week. I think, with the exception of maybe one, yeah. and it, and I think we recorded that episode. It just wasn't very good. It was bad, so we didn't, we didn't put it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they're not all going to be home runs. Uh, well, we've posted some infield bunts, but th- that one was bad, so we just didn't put it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, for us, it was an opportunity to pivot. Uh, we have, it's definitely forced us to kind of tweak. Uh, the way that we approach shows, we definitely are able to uh, pull from different parts of things that are related to our, you know, the lane that we're in, yeah. but maybe a bit broader culturally. Yep. Uh, and that's kind of been fun. Uh, we've definitely been talking a lot more gear than we have in previous uh, situations, just because it was one of the things that was constantly moving, even when, you know, the rest of the world was not. So that part has been something that we will probably continue to do yep. uh, because it, it it definitely brings eyeballs to uh, to the show. You know, with your, um, with your new with your new laser focus, you can make that yeah. uh, that gear section stinger the music hit for gear, like we've been talking about. I definitely could. Yeah. It's, it see now you thanks a lot. Now you have to because now, now it's on a list yeah, that go. I have Sorry. to complete. Yeah, so right. great job. Hey, listen, I, I'll think of a few more things. I'm sure before we're done here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, um, you want to talk stats? Yeah. Do you have your numbers up? So both of us ended up putting together (laughs) some spreadsheets because those are the kind of people we are. Uh, let's see here. I, you know, I would kick myself, but it doesn't look like the version that I have on this computer updated. Thanks to iCloud drive. Good old iCloud drive. Yeah. All right. Well, so let me talk about what, uh, what I know. So, um, we started this whole endeavor in sort of the middle of 2018. Yep. And um, in all of 2018, we had a total of, and this counts downloads, 
Spotify listens and direct streams from our podcast host, which is Podomatic. Uh, um, we yes. did 3,000 of those. Now, podcasting's tough because that doesn't necessarily correlate to actual humans listening to you. doesn't count, correlate to the count of listens. But what you can know is somebody downloaded the audio file or streamed it off Spotify or streamed it off Podomatic 3,000 times in 2018. 2019, yes. that number was 23,055. So that's a big, big number. Big, big, yeah. And, and you know, we had a full year versus a half a year. It's one piece of comparison, but it was a lot of growth there. So yep. 2019, that number again, 23,000 ish, call it 23,000 in 2020. That number is about 32,000 rounded up from 31 and change. Um, yeah. so, you know, again, pretty good growth. I will say we saw a big, big dip, um, Right as COVID first hit, and I think it was people dealing with the fact that they weren't commuting and weren't working out, going to gyms and stuff. I think pod list, podcast listening was down across the board. Um, yeah, I would say writ large, that was an issue. And um, and has pretty much rebounded, pretty much. We're not to yeah. where we were in January, February, uh, even still. But um, but on, we're, in the, we're in the neighborhood, though. On the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say January 2020 was a crazy month we had 4000 downloads almost 5000 downloads in January and then mm-hmm. in March it was 1000 so yeah. fell off a cliff in March and we're back up in the two-ish range now then we got ourselves a little bump from uh our our little crossover event we with did. the guys Significant with Gigab. Bump. yep 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 that was pretty and it great. was it was nice we actually got a, a shout out on uh this week's cover band central deal cuz our buddy Mike Schulte uh was talking with Steve about the upcoming live stream event that we are partnering with them uh, concerning. So if if that's not something you guys know about, we are uh, partnering with the Park Tornadoes uh, as they were putting on a very high-end uh, live stream for New Year's Eve. And if you want to help us help other people, as well as support the Pork Tornadoes and the podcast, if you go to the uh, the site in order to purchase those tickets and you use the code Covers for Kids in the promo section, uh, 25% of the proceeds will go directly to Songs for Kids Foundation, which is a local Atlanta charity that brings musicians into hospitals uh, for sick children just as a way, is like a morale boost, and and we they do educational programs and things like that. And it's something that I've been uh, very active with over the past few years, and um, they're just a great, fantastic organization. And, you know, if you don't feel like doing the doing the live stream thing, um, but you want to support them, you, you can throw them 20 bucks. Or if you want to just support the the charity itself, you can go to songsforkids.org and just donate. Uh, I don't think they would have any problem with that either. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of cool opportunities to support all of the people. Um, and that that's not including us. We don't really need to worry. You don't need to worry about us. Yeah. Um, we are doing okay. Yeah. And there are ways you can support us, but we're not really, that's not really what this is about. Anywho, um, while we're talking about worm fuzzies, uh, let's go ahead and do a review. Here's my favorite one. You ready? Let's go. This is our first one-star review. Ha. Awesome. This one was from PRS6565. It was uh, earlier this year. One-star review. And it says, there's a pandemic. There's is obviously spelled wrong. Uh, You aren't playing anywhere for a long, long time. There we go. That's accurate, PRS6565. Thank you for your precision. Yeah, so you know we shouldn't we shouldn't even podcast. We should have just been like, "Sorry, guys, forget it. It's all over. It's all off." Yeah. For those of you who are in the live stream, Mike Schulte just dropped the link for those tickets uh, if you wanted to do those things. So you Very know good. you can always count on Schulte for a uh, a solid drop as far as uh, promotion. <laughs> I'm just links. not touching it. I'm not touching it. Listen, one more one more piece of statistics here. Um, yeah. Top five episodes of 2020 in terms of downloads and listens across all platforms. Number, Do it. Number one was episode 84, Setless Doctor 90s edition. It's been a, that's been like an evergreen for us. Setless Doctor has been a strong concept in terms of episodes. We'll probably do some more of that. Um, yep. Episode 92, Blue Sky Days and Gray Sky Days, which was like, the very first time we contemplated that COVID was going to impact us. Yeah. And it was like, oh, some things are getting canceled and others aren't. And, you know, you have to roll with it. And that's that that whole notion has been listened to 896 times. Um, there you go. Number 83, So You Want to Start a Karaoke Band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 85, Big Boy Moves, which was about um, 
uh, spending money, spending money. Yeah, yeah, making it. Yeah, do it. Taking the professional, taking the professional uh, approach to stuff. And then the fifth one was number eighty-eight, which was Gig Masters and Gig Salad. Whose job is it to bring the audience? Which is just an evergreen question. So, For sure. Um, I'm still. You know, it, it was funny. We we. I remember. Early on, we were doing a bit more clickbaity titles. It was like how to make a million dollars at every right, gig or something right, like that. Right, right. But yeah, th- those those are definitely um, you know older older ones. And the, and the funny thing is, is that even if you go back to the very beginning, like episode one still is getting downloads like every single week. Yes, it is. In 2020, it was our. Jeez, I just saw it. Um, it's in there. It's in the top half of the popular yeah. episodes. Uh, it's number 56 out of 140 so, we've done. That's crazy. Especially, especially since I, I, I spend the entire episode talking like this. Talking like a radio person. Yeah, 281 oh, listens of that in 2020. And it's, 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 it's a year and a half. It's two, two and a half years old. So, so I mean – Early on uh, this year, we we had some corporate sponsors line up, and you know things were moving and grooving. And with the slowdown, we still that, love you, Chauvet DJ. We still love you. Yep. We'll have you back. And, I, and, and uh, I, I still keep in touch with uh, with our buddies over there, and I'm sure that will all pick back up at some point. Cool. Uh, but you know, for us, this has been uh, a I would say a labor of love, maybe a uh, an infatuation, uh, an obsession. <laughs> Of sorts. <laughs> well, a commitment at least. We said, by God, we're putting one out a week. And we have, you know, with like one exception where we just, in our gut, it wasn't right. Um, yeah. You know, even when we were struggling for content, we we stuck to it, man. And it's, that's great. It's great. Sh- Mike Schulte just said, this podcast has been one of the only consistent things in my life in 2020. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Yeah. Mike's dealt with uh, straight line hurricanes and, you know. Man. All kinds of crazy stuff, so. Nobody's had it easy this year. Yeah, and, and listen, I will say the other thing that has been a, a real joy um, when we couldn't find content was doing a distraction cast and bringing Mike and at one point Amber on and just having an episode that had nothing to do with anything just because we couldn't deal. And um, yeah, I've really loved those. I've really loved those. Yeah. Introduced me to community or uh, to um, Cougar Town. <sighs> Cougar Town. God, yeah. Thank you. Excellent. We, yeah. We've actually already started rewatching Shit's Creek again. Good. Just, yeah. No, you have to. You have to. Like once you know where the story's going, and it, it's just like a, it's just like a bowl of vanilla ice cream. You're like, I know where this is heading, and it's going to be funny. It makes me happy. Every moment of it makes me happy. And uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we recently started watching um, the Great Canadian Baking Show. We've watched the British Baking Show, but the Great yeah. Canadian Baking Show. Um, Dan Levy is one of the hosts. And, oh, really? Yeah, and it's great. It's 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 as great as the British one, but plus Dan Levy. So. I really liked this season of the British one. I think um, bringing uh, Matt on awesome. uh, to replace loved it. Yeah, no, that that was that was a genius move. Loved I thought it. their bits were really really funny, yeah. and I, I liked their yeah. their rapport. So, yep. And I was super stoked for the winter. Like we we watched it all the way through. We were very committed. Yep. So yeah, what a, what a beautiful piece of television for a year like such as it's this. It's perfect. It's perfect. And how they did it. I mean, they 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 potted up the whole crew and everything, the whole, everything it took to make the show lived in this little village together. And it was well done. It was well done. Well, guys, you know, we just wanted to kind of peel the curtain back a little bit, you know, um, other numbers that we've been kind of keeping tabs on is, uh, you know, with the YouTube channel, uh, which is still kind of, I wouldn't say it's in its infancy per se, but it's definitely something that we are, uh, still kind of experimenting with and trying to figure out the best mix of things. Um, we are just shy of 300 subscribers. Uh, for those of you who know how that whole situation works, uh, once a channel hits a thousand subscribers, it can be monetized and then you end up making a little money off of it. We're not anywhere near that right this second, but we've gotten a couple of, uh, bigger hits as far as videos go. Uh, most of them gear talk, uh, anything that we mention, uh, the, the neural quad cortex in, uh, <laughs> definitely got a bunch of eyeballs on it. Yeah. Um, we did go in depth with the uh, Helix 3.0 uh, firmware drop, uh, and Frank from Line Six shared our video, which got a ton of attention. It was like, I mean, this week it, it's still one of our top three videos. Mm. Um, let's see what else, and then just kind of fun stuff. Some some gear reviews are up there, and uh, 
some of our our bigger interviews are also up there. But you know, it's that's been kind of a fun challenge for me because it's it's just a different muscle to flex and I've learned so much about video editing and final cut and uh just figuring out how to put stories together and make stuff compelling and failing and trying new things and and all that stuff. If you look at the last few that we've posted, uh, they're, they've definitely kind of started to like take a form, <laughs> which they hadn't up to, uh, up, up to this point. So I appreciate the work uh, you're doing to cut out all my ums and uhs. It makes me sound coherent. It's, it's, it's good of you. Well, you know, when you go over these things with a fine tooth comb, you definitely find everybody's idiosyncrasies. <laughs> uh, we've been joking about me saying 100%. I definitely do that. Yeah. And then we both, are terrible about saying, um, and like, and, you know, and I'm now consciously trying to do that. Well, it's, it's interesting how in, in a podcast format, it's conversational. It's fine. You know, we get away with that. Um, I suppose if we were a produced scripted thing, it would feel different to have those in there, but the way we are, we're just talking. It's fine. Right. right? But that doesn't seem right for a YouTube video somehow. It doesn't, that needs yeah. to be more of a presentation. Um, right. So you have to cut those things out. It's, it's interesting. It's just it, to, to, to double dip on our content and the way that we are takes that kind of, um, massaging, I guess. Yes. And it's also like this whole video concept live streaming is, is, is a new thing that we tried this year. And I think if for nothing else, it just means that I get to like, look at you and have like an interaction with a person totally. that's not in my house. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's the other thing, you know, we, we have, the episodes that we haven't live streamed, we've still done over video chat because it just, it has helped our rhythms and our timing and just to be face to face has made such a difference versus just doing it over audio. The first God, hundred episodes, well, yeah. not, maybe not that many, but close. No, or, I mean, it, it was like, it was like 90, was, I think the first one we did was like 98. Yeah. Yeah. And it's made a huge difference. So even if we don't stream it, we're still looking at each other as we record the audio. So. Exactly. Yeah. And the, the upside to that is that we now actually have this big back catalog of footage that we can then kind of cut up into smaller videos and stuff to keep uh, the YouTube content going. And, you know, my my goal for last year was to do two videos a week. I don't know how long we can sustain that, but we do have the the content to do it. It's just more a matter of getting the videos put together and cut up and put up on the uh, up on the channel. The so. Tubes. And, and I know that a lot of folks who listen to the podcast also check out the YouTube because they may just want to see a more focused bit where it's easier to share uh, a, an eight minute conversation about a particular topic than a 45 minute podcast about three or four things. Yeah. So yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. Yep. Now, speaking of gear, you had some things you wanted to talk about. Yeah, so if we're talking about gear, let's go ahead and shift into that. It, this is where the bumper would be. Gear sounds. Ah. So earlier this week, if any of you guys are, uh, if any of you subscribe to Reverb's mailing list, they sent out a very interesting article that basically is just some trends that they noticed this year as far as uh, used gear and the things that kind of popped off and, and increased in value over the, uh, the course of 2020. And so they sent a list of eight things that, uh, hit that criteria. And I just thought it was a, it was a pretty, some of it was, was very obvious and stuff that we have kind of hit on in previous episodes, but some of them were kind of surprising mm. and it was just an interesting, uh, piece of data that I thought would be fun to discuss. So without further ado, here are the eight things that have increased in value in the used market, according to Reverb.com. Number one, total, no surprise, entry-level and beginner guitars and basses. Totally. What we had said previously, uh, as far as, is, you know, the market has gone, Fender and Gibson have seen unprecedented growth this year. And it's it makes perfect sense because everybody's at home and they're all trying to find stuff to do. Picking so, up new hobbies. If you got nothing but time, might as well finally pick up the guitar and, and learn learn those three chords that you've been dying to learn. Yep. And it's been interesting because other podcasters like that aren't in the music world have been talking about how they've been spending time playing, learning, you know, an instrument uh, during during the season. And, it, you know, it makes perfect sense. Um, and, and, of course, in the used market, 
you're getting more value typically uh, because you're getting something that would retail at a higher price for a significantly lower price. Yep. Uh, so you're hitting different price points. Um, the base that Santa got uh, my son <laughs> yeah. uh, retails for two ninety nine, and I got it for 150 bucks. Love it. It was basically new. Yep. Yeah, I strongly recommend used for people starting out for, um, you know, that you can get a really cheap beginner guitar new that is a piece of junk. Um, you can spend a little bit, not much, but a little bit on a new beginner guitar and have it be decent. Or right. you can spend a little bit on a used one and have it be quite decent. So I recommend And I know there's a, there's a bit of a debate about like what kind of guitar one should get if they're just starting out. Uh, I think the old adage was an acoustic guitar because that was just kind of what was available and they were at a lower price point. They were cheaper to make and whatever. Um, but I don't, I think that's changed and it's definitely like my sensibility has changed around it. I always suggest that, uh, people get electric guitars for sure. uh, because they're easier to play. Yep. And you know, yep. they, they don't, they don't wear your hands out quite as quickly. And especially, you know, a lot of, especially younger players, kids, they want to play electric. They don't really, yeah. the acoustic would be a stepping stone for them. So why, like why, why do yeah. that to them? So. And you know the the practice the practice uh, gear market has gotten like just it's been amazing to see the kind of growth uh, as far as product design and innovation in in that world. Um, Santa brought a little thing called the Nux Mighty Plug uh, with that base, and it is one of the most impressive pieces of gear I have ever seen. Uh, and a sub $100 price point. Uh, it is so good that I will more than likely do uh, a full review on it on the YouTube channel. And I may try and do some kind of shootout between it and some of the, the line six stuff, because I think it really, it can hang. Uh, it's, is a and it's, modeler it's very or what does it, what's it do? It is, it is a, it is a modeler. I wish I brought it down. My son has it upstairs. It, it, it is a, it, it's kind of like, I'm sure you've seen the Nux like wireless units where it's like basically like a bug that yeah. goes into yeah, yeah. the, uh, the input jack. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same form factor roughly, but it, it is got, um, it's, it, there's a modeler in it. It does, I think five guitar amps, two bass amps. It, it loads impulse responses. It's got effects. Wow. It's got a drum machine a metronome, wow. all of this stuff. It's, it's got Bluetooth. Huh. It's, it's, it's damn impressive. That's cool. It was like 70, 80 bucks. There you so go. Be on the lookout for that. I, I, you know, I just have to get it out of his room long enough to <laughs> play with it myself. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, moving along. Next thing, rare discontinued and hyped pedals. The used pedal market has like exploded this year. Huh. Uh, the, the ones that a lot of people are, are really getting into are, are, are the ones that, you know, have always kind of been high end and, and, in demand, uh, pedals, the Klon KTR, of course, um, the actual Klons themselves have like exploded. Well, those have always been ridiculous. That's well, but like the, uh, in 2017, you know, Klon Centaurs are, you know, the golden goose as far as guitar pedals go in 2017, a Klon Centaur would run you just shy of $2,000, 1,861 bucks. Currently, the only two available on Reverb right now are going for five thousand nine hundred dollars. Oh man! Uh, and it's, it's crazy. Like, it's one of the easiest pedals to emulate. It's actually the uh, the 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 electronics of it are really really simple. Um, well, as far as we know, because you know the whole signal chain is a mystery. Right. They cover it in goo. Yeah. But but the fact that the fact that a clone clone is it's like its own like it's a whole market. It's yeah yeah it alone. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in standalone pedals. And then also it appears in every modeler in a pretty darn adequate way. Um, but there is something about having the original one. There's some, um, you know, the, the, the muff fuzz, um, -hmm. original Russian things that are like crazy expensive, impossible to get your hand on. There's, there is something about having the original metal, you know, it's, um, even for a helix guy, I, I feel that. Yeah. The other, really big one that I, I wasn't aware of, or I've never, I, I, you know, we're, we're kind of out of the game a bit with the, uh, with the modelers because yes. we don't do the pedals quite as much. Uh, but the Jext Telez white pedal, uh, year over year growth to something like 117.33%. So <laughs> in 2017, this pedal was 200 bucks and now it's like 440. I don't know what that is. I don't either. It, uh, to me, oh. sounds like some kind of boutique 
uh, overdrive. Something. Like most of them are. Yeah. Uh, you know, Prince of Tone is another one of those that sure. always, sure. Um, because of the rarity. Yeah. So yeah. And even like, it's not even like expensive stuff. The technically, the, the Behringer Super Fuzz, it's doubled in price over the past two years from $20 to $50. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's, it's not, it's not even just the high end stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, so, you know, the point is if you've held on to some things and want to fund the pre-order of a quad cortex, for instance. Yeah. Hey, you know, you know what didn't go up in uh, value this year? Full tone pedals. That's true. That's true. They, they hold their value. Yeah. <laughs> at like 19 or they bucks. did. Yeah. I got it's, I had sold all of mine before all of that nonsense yeah. happened, but anyway, yeah. neither here nor there, uh, more product. So we're moving into like the production world, uh, eighties rolling drum machines and synths. So your six Oh six is your eight Oh eights or nine Oh nine. Sure. Um, a lot of vintage good. power in those, uh, people are, people are doing a lot of really cool retro stuff with those. Yeah. I mean the, I think the synth wave kind of vapor wave market has just kind of blown up yeah. significantly. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they break out the specific models of the Roland stuff, but then they go, it's like all 80s Roland synths have gone up like 40% and mm. all 80s drum machines have gone up like 40% and all synths have gone up like 40%. So, uh, you know, with that, like the, with the proliferation of like the stuff with like Stranger Things and, um, you know, a lot of these companies releasing like reissues of these classic deals, you know, I think people are kind of, there's a bit of a, I guess, maybe like a, a rebellion against the soft sense, kind of going back to something more tactile. Yeah. Uh, that and they just look cool in a studio. They do. So there's always that. Yeah. But they also still just work, you know, with, with few exceptions. I mean, some of those, like the Oberheims are impossible to keep going. Uh, I have a friend who uh, I used to play with who his entire, like, professional gig was just keeping these these retro like vintage synths running hmm. he would work for like, he worked for everybody. He worked for, uh, Paul Simon. He worked for, you know, Lionel Richie. Like that was his job was to make sure that these, these keyboards just worked. So it, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. That's cool. Moving along, kind of staying in the, the realm with the, uh, with the, the throwback stuff, eighties uh, electrics and Van Halen guitars. Um, so you're thinking of the, like your, your pointy Ibanez's and Jackson's and Charvel's and Kramer's. And then of course the EVH brand and the PV Wolfgang's, yep. um, all of which have gone up this year. Uh, unfortunately due to, you know, our loss, the of, loss of one of the greatest guitar players of, in history. I have seen a lot of, um, pictures of guitars with the Eddie Van Halen graphic, the red, mm -hmm. you know, stripe, stripe, uh, uh, art on it. Um, so yeah, that's certainly a thing. I mean, this year I, I bought that Roland, uh, G 700 deal. Uh, and I was able to flip it for almost double my money. So, nice. uh, you know, there's still a market for that. And I think the aesthetic is just something that people are getting back into. Yeah. Um, you know, early in the year, uh, Fender re-released the HM strats, uh, which have the, like the black strat headstock and the crazy neon colors and the. Floyd roses and that kind of thing. I think the super strat is just kind of a fun throwback kind of, uh, concept that people are just kind of into right now. So, you know, it's just like anything else, uh, you know, five years ago it was Duesenbergs and this year it's, you know, it's eighties <laughs> guitars and yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, totally. This next one, also not a very big surprise, the go-to home studio microphones. So that's going to be, you know, I mean, in general, all used mics went up in value this year. Yep. Uh, but sure definitely got the, uh, got the most of it. And one of the highest growth ones, sure. SM seven B, uh, up 27.74% from, uh, from 2017. Uh, Listen, buy low, sell high. I mean, these guys might be, we might sound like crap next week. Who knows? I mean, I, the, the current going rate for them is a, is a, is about 20 bucks more than I paid for mine. Yeah, so still. I don't think the profit margin is worth probably <laughs> worth. Not letting it go. Yeah. But I got it from a friend who was just like, I had four of them and I don't care. So yeah. come get it. So I did buy this, one, yeah. this one new and I'm real happy with it. So I will, I will not be parting with it. Yeah. The, but the, the idea behind these kinds of mics is that, you know, if you can find a used SM seven, you can buy it for three fifty and you can sell it for three fifty. Like yeah. it's, you can do that all day. Yep. So, um, 
I would say the SM7 is probably the one of the most stable pricing. Even even with the twenty percent growth, we're talking about a fifty dollars swing basically from two thousand seventeen to today. Yeah. So percentage wise, it's considerable, but you know, dollars and cents, it's it's not anything super wild. The next one is one that I'm kind of bummed out about just because I don't quite understand it, but Les Paul Customs and specifically Silverbrists. Uh, I feel like the used Gibson market is completely out of control right now. Yeah. It it doesn't make sense to me. Um, the, those guitars are not $4,000, $5,000. Certainly instruments. not. Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, and, not. You know, I, I am a, I'm a, I'm a bad person to have this conversation with because I don't I'm I'm rarely willing to pay a sticker price, um, you know, brand name tax on a guitar, yeah. um, unless it has a particular reason. I mean, the the Fender um, Acoustasonic Tele that I that I gig um, served a particular purpose. Its form factor is unique, and I use it for that uniqueness. And it's by far the most expensive guitar I own and gig. Um, uh, put a pin in that. There's something else I want to talk about once we're done with this list. Um, but you know, apart from that guitar, like I've literally never, never owned a brand name anything that that yeah. I cared that much about, and the, the cheap ones have done great for me. So, I, I've got a Les Paul. It's a Les Paul Studio. I've had it literally since 1997, yeah. and it's a great guitar. But I, I paid probably 700 bucks right. for it, right? And even that one is is now worth probably over a thousand dollars. And it is like destroyed. Like the <laughs> the mahogany is showing through on the back. Like I I completely have pulled all of the you know the finish off the back of it. Um, and the new ones just you know I, I feel like they are on an upper trajectory, and I feel like they're trying to do the right thing. I just think the used market right now is just kind of out of control. And I don't I don't want to call anybody out specifically, but uh, there is a YouTuber. Uh, who's got a, a channel called Trogley's guitar show and he specializes in vintage Gibsons. And I, you know, I'm not blaming him directly, but the way that he, the volume that he sells at and the, and the, the way that he covers that particular slice of the used market, uh, has increased the price point of all of those guitars mm-hmm. considerably. Um, the the thing that bugs me is that he is really into a couple of models of Gibsons that I'm really into from like the late nineties that are kind of rare, but like aren't really worth anything. And he's completely destroyed the, the market on those, mm. you know, these guitars that retailed for like 900 bucks are now going for like triple quadruple the price just because he's kind of shine a shine a, a light on, on them. And it's gotten so bad that even like the knockoffs are starting to come go up in price. So now you're looking at like, the Greco Les Pauls and the Orville Les Pauls, like the Japanese versions of these things from the late seventies and eighties. Um, now they're going for like roughly the same pricing, which is just insane to me. And that was not an era of quality. I mean, the, it, it was stars too, too much, but here's the thing is that a, an Orville or a Greco Les Paul is a fantastic guitar compared to the Norlin era Gibson Les Pauls, which were not great. Yeah, that's true. So they were be- they were besting them in a lot of circumstances, but the bar wasn't quite there. Right. It wasn't that high. Right. Right. And you know, I think this is just this could be just a temporary thing. You know, the silver bursts are the ones that are really going for a lot of money, and I think that's kind of tied to the whole Adam Jones thing. But you know, also silver bursts are just cool. But uh, a f- my friend Sam Tanez, who is a um, a songwriter up in Nashville, he had. <laughs> One of these, one of those Norland era, he had a silver burst Les Paul custom with a collar tram. He's had it since high school. I think it was like his uncle's or something like mm. that. Um, I found one on, on reverb for like, it was like seven grand or something. And I was like, Hey, you still got that silver burst? And I sent him like, he was like, good Lord, I got rid of the thing like 10 years ago. I was like, put your, you know, your baby through college yeah. with that one now. Yeah. So yeah, Les Pauls are cool. They're just not. Five grand, cool. Right. This one was kind of surprising to me is Tascam Porta Studios. So like cassette four tracks. I mean, I had one in high school. I never had one, but I definitely had friends who had them. Do you remember what you paid for that back in the day? A couple hundred maybe. The That's what's been interesting about these is that like they're actually increasing in value. I don't, that's hard to. 
So the Tascam Porta Studio, the analog one, was three hundred and fifteen bucks in two thousand and seventeen, which still feels like a lot. Yeah, for, for basically a tape recorder. Yeah, it's four hundred and twenty-six bucks this year. I don't get that. I don't get that. When and and you know, if I were like going to stand up recording from scratch, am I going to choose analog tape? Really, in twenty twenty? Really, like that's just not how I'm going to go. Um, for four hundred twenty-six bucks, you could buy a like a a a. a any DAW. Yeah. Well, and there, listen, there are little hardware mixers that record to an SD card, you know, that would do exactly what that is. Maybe with twice as many channels. Oh um, yeah. It would, it would do that better. Yeah. Yeah. Way, yeah. Cleaner sound, better, you know, more channels, probably effects on board that this thing's not going to have. Or, or, or just, just alone of the fact that you could just take that SD card and drop it into Pro Tools yeah. or Logic or whatever. Yeah. Uh, makes it infinitely yeah. a better option. No, I mean there is a certain lo-fi charm to it, I suppose, if that's your if that's your aesthetic. But um, you can you can uh, make digital sound like that. It's not that hard. It well, just isn't. Yeah, but but you know. Do I? I don't know. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 yeah, that's the only explanation I can come up with for the price is that it that it's somehow people see it as authentic in a way that digital isn't or something. I don't I don't know. I mean, I know some bigger bigger acts that decided they were going to do their you know, Porter studio tape, you know, album this year, because I mean, why not? Yeah. You're, you're stuck at home. Might as well make, you know, a, an okay recording. So. So you're going to mail I, tapes through the U S postal service instead of emailing stems. I mean, th- there's no way that's a better option, even in quarantine. So listen, I spent like f- over $500 this year to get a record player. up and running. So <laughs> right, I have absolutely right, no, I, get it. I, I got get no it. horse in this Look, fight. Apparently. You know, and I don't and want to yuck anybody's yum. If that's if that's your thing, you know, go for it. I just said a horse in the fight. Like then, now I'm thinking of like competitive horse, in horse the fight. Oh, I like it. Does it have a top hat? Well, no. It's it's like bare knuckle boxing. Like they're doing it like with like mustaches, and, like Queensbury you know, rules. Tr- yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. That's just you know, it's what I picture. Yeah. <sighs> Moving along, <laughs> number eight. Uh, this makes this one again goes back to something that makes a bit more sense is loop pedals. Sure. Totally. The market for used loopers has got to be, you know, through the roof because you can't play with your, your buddies. You might as well, uh, you know, jam, you know, jam with yourself. Yep. Lay a little, you know, progression down and and noodle away. Yep. It was one of the things that I said I was going to use this time for was to get good at looping. And I have not yet done that, but uh, this time's not over yet. I de- I've got my acoustic rig set up and I definitely have used the looper. Um, I was really thinking I could use the one button looper on the HX. I just could not, mm. couldn't get it. I couldn't get it down. And is it, um, it's my problem is timing. I, I can never quite hit the one. It's not even just hitting the one, like in order to like stop it and restart it, you have to like double tap and the double tap has to be like, like mm. it's gotta be like really fast. Um, the, the looper on the voice life, is is actually really good mm-hmm. um, and easy to to do, and you have more buttons to work with. So that's what I ended up doing. Uh, the top ones are going to be your B, uh, TC Ditto, yes. all the Boss Loopers, your EHX, um, and surprisingly enough, the Line Six DL4 is still increasing in value. Wow. Wow. Up fifteen uh, percent this year on the resale market. I mean, like we were like. The DL4 was old when I was playing professionally yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks it. I mean, it's not, it's not a modern looking piece of gear. But again, that's another one of those, like, it sounds a way. Yeah. And it's got and it, that reverse function that everybody really, really digs. And it's so. a tank. You know, you can't kill it. So it'll be around forever well, probably. You you can kill them. And, the, and that was one thing that, that they did have issues with is that the – um. The switches were mounted directly to the PCB, mm. but then you have these guys like JHS and 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 these other companies that retrofitted the um, retrofitted them with with different switches and kind of reconstituted them, and now that is its own secondary market. On top of even more valuable, the, right? The yeah, yeah. The, the modified. Well, like, and they were like adding additional memory to them, or like making the like the delays twice as long, or the looping twice as long. So nice. like, there's. They were they were one of the early like modded pedals that kind of like broke out in that whole in that whole realm. I, I remember hearing about that 
a lot. So cool. Well, that does it. There's our there's our eight. All right. Well, if you have any of those, now's the time to well either hold 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 or sell. Yeah, hold or sell, but don't buy. Don't buy. Unless and it is essential to your process, in which case, sure, get ready to spend. Yeah. yeah. Or don't use Reverb and find it on Craigslist. Right, or people don't know what they have for sure, or Facebook, Facebook Market, same, same thing. Yeah, it's just the rules are just different because mm-hmm. you go, you see a price on Craigslist, and you're like, I'm automatically going to offer twenty five dollars less than that, at least. Yeah, maybe fifty. Yeah, no, I'm going to come in at like seventy percent. Yeah, see what they say. Most time it is like, hey, it's the best four letter word in those cash. Cash, yeah, yeah. I got cash, yeah. and I got it now. Yeah, and I'll come to you. Boom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Done. That's how it's done. Done. Well, we did it. We did. I, the topic I wanted to pin, let's come back to it next week. We're at time, so let's- um, Perfectly let's, fine. We'll save that for next time. Yeah, uh, we will come back to it next year. Next year. There you go. Wild. Guys, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, if you want to support us, you know how to do that. If you don't, listen to what Dan's about to do. Uh, thanks for tuning in once again. I will go ahead and call it from this week from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. From Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Dan Ray. You've been listening to the Cover Rain Confidential Podcast, episode 135. Have a great year. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. If you want to help us, be sure to share us with your friends, follow us on social media, and if you haven't already, please leave a review for us on the podcast platform of your choice. Facebook.com slash Confidential, Instagram at Confidential, and Twitter at CoverBandConfid. If you have any questions, please email us at coverbandconfidential at gmail.com and consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash coverbandconfidential. And for more info, check out www.coverbandconfidential.com.